What's up, everybody? This is Elijah, and you are listening to the first ever episode of The Talk. Now, on The Talk, I just want to, you know, pick your brains out a little bit in regards to history. Now, you know, we live in 2020, and to me, in my opinion, history of the world has been changed quite drastically. People have these radical opinions of these guys basically dating back 1500s, uh, 1400s, somewhere around that period of time um, from the different revolutions. Now, I have one, one major problem with how the world views one specific, one specific voyager, um, somebody that affected the globe really and truly just affected the globe in a revolutionary way. Um, Christopher Columbus. <clears throat> now, what is the first thing you hear when you hear that word, Christopher Columbus, when you hear that name? Now, in speaking and talking with other people, we get genocider, genocidal maniac. Um, we get thief, we get slave enslaver we get murderer we get we get those sorts of connotations attached to Christopher Columbus's name now obviously what we are going to realize of course is that Christopher Columbus has um, has a tarnished name now uh, he had to give in to some political concessions but um, we'll get more on that. But of course, everybody knows the story with him uh, from Geneva, born, born, uh, born in the uh, 1400s, basically, um, and uh, set out his first voyage, basically 1492. Uh, basically, um, it wasn't all about the natives. Of course, he went out there to find a new route to. It, um, Asia, um, basically they were calling it Indonesia at the time. Uh, that's why he kind of came up with that term to call them Indians, uh, because he thought he was somewhere around Indonesia. But he would basically landed himself in the Bahamas, uh, South Americas, and have you not? Now, uh, in the Bahamas here, what we get taught in school basically is just a little uh, summary of what we are taught. Uh, Christopher Columbus set out on a voyage. We get the names of the ships, the Nina, the Pinta, Santa Maria. Um, we also get uh, the the length of the voyage, 200-something days, almost a year's voyage. Uh, we get we, we learn that he's uh, he faced mutiny on the ship. We, we learn that they, they calculated the miles in days. That's how they logged their miles. Um, and also, he landed, of course, to an island in Salvador and basically named it um, someone after Jesus, kind of. Uh, but, yeah. um, oh, and also um, that he sent slaves and after that, it was a brutal massacre. Um, but, and, and something about Bartolome de las Casas, de las Casas, sorry about that. Um, basically, something from his journal. I think Bartolome de las Casas is quoting from Christopher Columbus' journal somewhere. But 
the blots of 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 Christopher Columbus history really and truly lies within uh, how he how he uh, ruled basically as the first governor of the West Indies, and um, he didn't rule with an iron fist. This is the problem. People thought he was like some dictator. You know, when you hear genocidal maniac, you think of Hitler, you think of Stalin, you think of Mengelin, you think of Idi Amin, you think of those guys. You think you think of you think of many many communistic and marxist uh genocides that happened throughout the years um in the 1900s specifically but um no it wasn't that at all he first came it was friendly uh he took of course he took um six natives to basically help him find the gold around uh certain parts and obviously the natives took him back to basically where they came from cuba right so I went back to Cuba and one thing is for sure uh, they didn't of course his trip he didn't find he I think he exaggerated the amount of gold when he came back because he did he did see the uh, natives having gold so he just showed the king and the queen the gold but before he did that of course they went to Cuba and he left basically 40 men there and they also met the chief cacique basically on the island uh, sorry, in Cuba. So they met the chief basically, and um, he left the men there to build a fort, and the fort and the fort was built, and they left them there. Now it's something on the lines of a ship sinking, but that really and truly the ship sinking isn't really important. Um, however, they did go back, and of course, one thing we're not taught: uh, he was met. Christopher Columbus was met with some political tyranny as the first governor of the West Indies. Um, basically, some a man, a man called with a, a, um, a revolutionary group. Uh, so there's a man by the name of Francisco Roldan, who basically was um, pressuring Christopher Columbus uh, with these acts of tyranny with his group, um, stating a couple of things here that, uh, one for sure the uh, native enslavement would the native there would be a trade for the native labor then so francisco roldan wanted native native labor and as a weak governor um basically christopher columbus conceded and um in bringing in in doing so his power was basically usurped because the queen was watching him now of course the queen Obviously, Christopher Columbus wouldn't have been able to do any of those things without the consent of the Queen. Uh, we know that is the case because the Queen actually did not like the fact that things were going on horribly over there in Cuba. Um, and it wasn't somewhat of a one-sided show. It's not like the natives were useless. No, they were warring back and forth. In fact, when Columbus came back to that island, sorry, Cuba, when he came back to Cuba, uh, those men were all dead, and they were, it was a vicious um, onslaught of killings uh, to those men, and um, of course they went to the near village, but Christopher Columbus didn't enact a, um, a revenge at that time. Now, obviously, uh, the acts of the uh, 
the enslavement was wrong. It wasn't really called enslavement. It was. It was more. It was more so. I basically work on your land. You have to pay me. I can't sell you because I don't. Of course, I don't own you. But since you are on my land, you will work. Uh, so that is one of the systems that Europe actually had, um, where Christopher Columbus came from, where Europe actually had. Um, it's, it's like a peasants and royals kind of kind of um, system going on. But needless to say, of course, the acts of Christopher Columbus were, weren't of his own. It wasn't of his own intent. Um, it was basically it was it was basically political pressure. Uh, basically, on on the parts of Francisco Bobadine, uh, sorry, Francisco de Bobadillo and Francisco de Rodan. Francisco de Bobadillo actually usurps power after the fact that um, they get reports of the these wars and whatnot. Uh, they get reports of um, a, a vast swaths of death um, happening to the natives. So. So the queen asks for Francisco de uh, um, Bobadillo uh, to go over there to Cuba and to basically see what's going on. And Francisco, obviously, his own intentions led to him actually bringing, uh, sending them over there, capturing all of Christopher Columbus' men and sending him back over there to the queen, with Queen, Isab- um, queen Isabella and King Ferdinand. So, uh, but course uh, Francisco died on the voyage um, after uh, they would have sent them back they basically reinstated Columbus as governor uh, but the main problem I have here is is the majority of the world uh, lacking this context obviously will jump obviously jumped to the, to the conclusion that he was a genocidal maniac now what happened in those the political realities is uh, what happened in those in those times were obviously brutal times, and there was no way to alleviate those sort of pressures, seeing as though those were more sinister times, you know. Uh, but the upside is is that and why the statue of Christopher Columbus still, I believe, in my opinion, still remains today, and what people don't like to look at Christopher Columbus as, and most people don't even know he's the proprietor. He's the starter of the Colombian Exchange. You know, he's the starter of the Colombian Exchange. Uh, many animals that lived in certain parts of countries, because of his four voyages, Christopher Columbus was able to was able to start basically a, a new era, an, an era of global trade, which in in fact caused, of course, the movement of animals, movement of spices, movement of different materials, sources, and have you not. Now, I'm not saying that uh, voyages, those voyages didn't happen before. Christopher Columbus just was the starter of shipping basically animals and shipping resources and other things. Of course, you had wars, but that's the only thing that was predicated upon. It was never looked at as, okay, let's let's send some goods over, let's transport goods from from all around the globe, you know, and and at the time Cuba didn't even have pigs. In the first year, the uh, first pigs came to to Cuba. Basically, there were there were seven that came, and pigs with the regenerative um, with the um, reproductive abilities. Uh, there were seven hundred at the end of the year. 
So, Chris, all in all, Christopher Columbus has a very, very um, conflicting past. Now his journals state otherwise of what the man he is actually, he actually is. Um, seeing as though uh, there were parts in his journal where he would say, uh, the men, those men that commit those evil acts, they will not even taste water in the sight of God. And obviously he's referring to the fact that men raped uh, basically natives. It would be his men. But of course his men are criminals. Uh, they just basically took criminals out the prison and sent them on a ship with Christopher Columbus. Uh, so the fact that he was actually able to still hold leadership of those men. Um, but needless to say he enacted of course something that we still use today he's one of the great founders of trade and um the fact that people spit on this man his name take down his statues cut off cut off the statue's head uh whatever the um, whatever uh, the monetization of christopher columbus they tried to do or use it will never it will never take away the fact that this man started a whole revolution, started an era. Now, of course, the era um, has its conflictions as well, but he wasn't the start. He wasn't the cause of any sort of enslavement trade at all. Uh, that was the cause of the Atlantic slave trade. Basically, were were um, invoked by. Well, sorry, was invoked by Bartolomé de las Casas. Uh, because of the fact that he had he had a, an encomienda, which is basically the holding of the natives or holding of a group. Um, and the encomienda system, of course, is basically the peasants and royals system. Uh, you are on my land. I cannot sell you, but you will definitely work. And um, you will work for whatever wage I give you. It's, it's a form of enslavement. Uh, but, yeah, the, he had an encomienda and... He actually invoked the right to say this. Okay, we're not gonna enslave. We're not gonna put. Sorry, we're not gonna put the natives in the encomienda. However, black people, Africans, uh, we'll have them as a form of encomienda. We'll we'll use them, and thus the Atlantic slave trade actually began. And he apologized later on in the years, but it was already too late. Black people were already procuring other black people to be traded off to different parts of the globe. And and thus leading up to American Civil Wars, um, British British at trying to end the slave um, slave trade basically, and, Amer- and America basically trying to um, further enact policies of less slavery around the world. But um, but uh, the focal point and people missed out, in which I get a little upset about. Um, it's it's the fact that there is an actual man that killed 500,000 people. Now, people complain about Columbus. And, oh, the death toll was 200,000 under him. 200,000, you know. But this was, this was not only the case. Around this time, the indigenous people were dying of chicken, um, the uh, smallpox, which is a disease. Um, caused, of course, by trading, 
that they weren't used to animals, newer foreign animals being there, and those and, and those and their immune system was not developed as the Europeans on uh, developed because of the fact that the Europeans were used to this animal. But smallpox came into play and wiped out a good percentage of the population. The you you tell the instances of suicide and murder of the kids because they they saw it plausible to not live in this type of condition and so they killed their own children now this is a political reality back then in the 1500s where you had the black plague you've had you've had wars with Shangzhou, uh the mongols you've had so much revolutions and after that you even um, before that you had the crusades protestant reformation you had the battle well, you had basically the confliction between Palestine and Israel. You had so much things going on back in those days, over so 1400s. You you had the um, you had so much so much warfare, and and you had so much poverty back when the world was basically 80, 70 percent impoverished, right? So those times were really difficult and living in those times i wouldn't even imagine even as someone of a, someone of a different race i wouldn't even imagine how that feel because everybody was feeling it now of course you had class warfares back then um class warfares as well and you had the spaniards basically go, um, going about with their um different type of economy which would be for the um silver mining uh, I would like to talk more about that in another episode, but um, needless to say, Francisco Roldan is actually the true enemy in my opinion. Uh, Roldan killed 500,000. He was much more of a brutal. He was more brutal, um, way more brutal. Columbus doesn't, isn't even seen basically as brutal in his journals. However, we are so we are to gauge him on as brutal, which is the problem I have. Uh, his journals state that he had to defend himself basically while he was in prison and also if he was such a genocidal you know of course, maniac why did he why did he after the encomienda he didn't start a new one they they put him back on the voyage train and he didn't start another encomienda he didn't request another encomienda it was only that one encomienda francisco roldan inquired of the encomienda the queen basically told christopher columbus to start an encomienda so well roldan killed five hundred thousand, and that's and that's and that's not even inclusive of the fact that there were smallpox and the children and sorry and the um mothers were still killing their children and people were still committing suicide and what i try to push is for not to, to uh, not to gauge another side but to understand context meaning that um, you can come to the same political reality but it is not somewhat of a single or um, uh, one-sided point of view so you can come off like this this is a classical argument you know, civil right the civil war oh it was about states rights um, no it was about states rights for slavery so that if you say it's about slavery, it's one-sided. You say it's about civil right. If if you say it's about the uh, right to be a sovereign state, it's another one. 
uh, single-sided, but it's best to object to look at objective context. You have to look at all the context, analyze and compare all the data that you have, and and then you would thus you would go about claiming uh, uh, somewhat of an opinion or view on it, which is the best way or the logical, or coherent way of of doing things, of, of coming to um, conclusions. But thank you so much, guys, for tuning into this episode of the talk. I have. I have actually wanted to do this for a while, and hopefully it's not going to be as long as 20 minutes. Um, it's, it's it's pretty long. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for those who are listening, and uh, uh, keep on listening. I will definitely be doing more episodes, talking more history. This is my opinion. Of course, you guys can uh, shoot and uh, shoot a message to me, or if you guys want to request to be on the podcast, you guys can do that as well. We can. We can basically so thank you guys so much for tuning in this is Elijah out